This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 118. I'm James L. Rubart, but please call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about marketing funnels. But first, Thomas, got to ask, how was Christmas? Christmas was great. I, I'm enjoying Christmas as a married man. It's a, it's a bit different. I have now twice as much family as I did last year. Yeah, uh, but uh, it, was, it was really good. And um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. How about you? Uh, it was really nice. We went over to Seattle area and, and had Christmas with my extended family um, on the 21st. So on the 25th, it was just Mike and Darcy and I, and it was just great, very low key. We did have a white Christmas snow on the ground, so we enjoyed it very, very much. Thanks for asking. Yeah, We had a cold Christmas. Last year, it was 80 degrees here in Texas on Christmas, and we were running our air conditioners and sweating, and this time we actually got to wear Christmas clothes. That was a nice, a nice bonus. <laughs> you got, did you get, to, you got to wear your Christmas sweater, Thomas, the one everyone raves about? <laughs> the tacky Christmas sweater? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah the, so uh, did you get a chance to see Star Wars? I did. Actually, Mike and I went, and this was the third year in a row because we went to... Uh, the first one, then Rogue One, then this time The Last Jedi. And um, Thomas, I have to say, because Rotten Tomatoes came out and the critics, it's like 93% fresh from the critics. But from the audience, it's like 53% fresh, which means it is not fresh. And so I've been curious to ask you what side of the coin you fall on if you've seen that. Yes, I agree with the audience. This most recent Star Wars made me long for the days of the prequels, which I thought were better than <laughs> the most recent Star Wars. So, not a fan. It had a few good moments. I don't I feel like we can spoil it yet. So, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, we won't. No big surprises. But it was very sad and depressing. <laughs> oh, I was Mike and I deconstructed the movie on the way home. The whole thing we were just like I can't. Oh, I I was severely yeah I was severely disappointed. So I'm with you on the uh, the negative. Also, five act structure, yeah, which you almost never see in a movie. That I think there were five distinct acts in that movie, uh, so they broke away from the Hollywood formula quite a bit in the storytelling. Uh, so in that way, it was very fresh, which is probably why the critics liked it because the critics like anything that breaks away from the yeah that's new, different, unusual, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let us know what you think. Uh, was yeah, was Star Wars a good movie? Uh, leave us a comment. Novelmarketing.com slash 118. So let's actually get to the topic. Sorry for all of that uh, distraction. Uh, today we're talking about marketing funnels, or what are sometimes called sales funnels. And uh, this is one of the most important aspects of marketing. I use it all the time, Jim. Uh, you use it quite a bit. And I will say, anytime somebody comes to me and they're not getting the sales they want, this is where I start. And typically the problem is either some point in the funnel or it's poor, what we call product market fit, or as what we would say in the author world, it's a bad book. So we're going <laughs> to assume in this episode that you have a great yes. book and there's an audience that's wanting the book that you wrote. Because just because your book is great doesn't mean it's a good fit for your audience. So we're going to assume that part of it is fine. And so the question is, what is a marketing funnel? <laughs> so Jim, what is a marketing funnel? Yeah, that, let's, let's start with that. Well, let's picture in our minds a funnel. And at the top of the funnel, it's extremely wide. And as you get down, it gets narrower and narrower and narrower. So marketing funnels, sales funnels, you'll hear those terms used interchangeably. And we'll probably use them interchangeably as well. But essentially, 
a marketing funnel is a way to get a lot of people attracted to your product at the top, and then it gets narrower and narrower as you get down to the bottom. And the bottom of the funnel, that's where people purchase. That's where they take action and buy your book. So let's talk about it from the standpoint of what readers want to read from authors. First of all, they want to read from authors they know. They want to read books from authors they like. And finally, they want to read books from authors that they trust. And specifically, trust enough to give them their money. <laughs> so this is a high level of trust. This is not, will you uh, look after my dogs or will you have my children when I die levels of trust? But it's still pretty high levels of trust uh, because people are afraid that if they spend money on your book and then don't like it, they always feel guilty. Like every book on the shelf, there's a certain kind of reader that the unread books on the shelf make them feel guilty they didn't finish reading them. And so they need to trust that your book is not going to make them feel bad for not finishing it, that your book is the kind of book they won't be able to put down. Thomas, let's talk for a minute about, um, there's a number of different ways we could describe the process, and really it's a three-stage process of getting from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel where people purchase. So you have three words you like, I have three I like. Why don't you let us know what your three words are? Right. So at the top of the funnel, we have uh, strangers, and at the bottom, we have readers. And the three stages that people go through between becoming a going from stranger to reader is attract, engage, and convert. And these are not words I've come up with. These are like the standard marketing 101 <laughs> words for um, those that process. So you're attracting somebody's attention so they know who you are. So that's the no part of the no like, and trust. You're engaging them so that they like you. And then finally, you're converting them into a customer. So trusting you enough with their money. Yeah, the way I have always used, uh, the, the three terms I have always used, Thomas, are awareness, so first of all, simply has we simply have to be aware that you are out there, that you exist, that you have a product. The second stage would be interest. Oh, now I'm interested. And maybe that's word of mouth. Maybe it's an ad. I have encountered you on a number of different occasions, and now I'm interested in what you have. And then finally, the third is action. That's the point where I say, all right, I'm going to act on this information I now have. And the action would be to purchase the book. So if an author is not receiving uh, the sales that they want on a book that they have that's a good book, the problem is most likely going to be in one of these areas. So no one knows who you are. Well, that's the problem of uh, awareness. You need to attract better. Uh, you need to attract people's attention better. Or people know who I, that I am, but they're not interested in my book. Well, you need to engage them with interesting content. And engagement um, for nonfiction is particularly important. Uh, people need to taste before uh, they're ready to eat. And then maybe you're doing the first two well, but no one's buying. And it's like, well, maybe there's a problem with your back cover copy. Maybe you're not asking the right way. Maybe you're not asking at all. Some authors will talk and talk and talk about everything, but hey, will you please buy my book? <laughs> you have to actually make the ask. You have to actually close the sale. Uh, the uh, issues with the book cover can also be a problem here. So Brandon Sanderson, an author that I love you know, to death, I read all of his books, but I didn't read his Mistborn books for years because the covers were so terrible 
that I just was not interested. Even though I'd read his other books, he had attracted my interest, he'd engaged me with his other books, but his book covers on the Mistborn books were awful, so I didn't read them. In fact, I read through the entire uh, Wheel of Time series to get to the books he wrote at the end of that series before I read Mistborn. And I finally read Mistborn, and you know what? The books are amazing! And he's actually admitted the book covers were bad, and he's gotten them fixed, and they've sold well since then. Uh, but he was having a hard time converting on his sales because his publisher gave him bad book covers originally on his amazing books. Yeah, you have to keep in mind that even if you love an author, and, and think of some of your favorite authors, have you read every single one of their books? Probably not. It's rare for somebody to have read every single book if, if the author is prolific. And it comes down to you have to resell them, re get, rekindle their interest every single time. Another way to think of this funnel, and we'll go through uh, the three sections here more specifically in a moment, is that it's a lot like dating. So you, are, you, know, you go on more first dates than you go on second dates right? You go on first dates with somebody and one or the other of you are like, I'm not feeling this. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. And you go on more second dates and you go on third dates and so on until finally there's the one person that you marry at the bottom of the funnel. Now, your funnel for selling books is broader than your funnel for finding a spouse. (laughs) So you're hopefully going to have more than one reader for your book. But it's that same kind of idea of building a relationship, building trust from being complete strangers to suddenly you're the book that they have on the side of their bed. So, Jim, let's talk a little bit about step one, attract. Uh, What are some ways that people can attract? What what is included in this kind of initial step in the funnel? Well, this includes what we'd say the umbrella statement of marketing. And so what is marketing? Well, marketing can be advertising. It can be public relations, which is radio interviews, TV interviews, podcasts, etc., etc. It can be referrals, other authors, talking about you to their tribe. And I've done this real successfully with friends of mine who are authors. If I recommend a book, um, I might introduce that author to an audience she's never been part of before and vice versa. It can be guest blog posts. It can be introducing yourself through downloading a free book on Amazon or BookBub. And this was huge. My first book had a huge kick uh, this was back in 2010 by giving it away free. That's not as um, effective now simply because the market has been saturated with free books, but that still can work to a degree. And and I think that the, why it doesn't work really helps illustrate why this how this principle works is that when there's only three books that are free on Amazon today, all three books get the attention or they attract the awareness of everyone because there's three of them. When there's 3,000 books that are free on Amazon today, suddenly you're in a very crowded room and you're not going to attract as much attention. Uh, And so the challenge with this first step is that if you're doing what everyone else is doing, it's not going to be as attention getting. So if you're handing out bookmarks and everyone else is handing out bookmarks, why should I take your bookmark? Yeah, it's again going back to that, uh, which we've talked about in our a number of times in our branding segments, is shocking broca. Shocking broca's area of the brain to go, oh, that's that's unusual, that's different, that's original, that's not being done. You have to stand out, and if everyone's giving away books for free, it's really difficult to stand out. Although that still can work, and there are ways of making it work, and we've done episodes on that. So if you have a free book, don't take it down just because it wasn't as effective as it used to be. And, uh, you know, maybe experiment with the new Goodreads giveaways. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. That's a way that you can attract attention from strangers because Goodreads will put that book in front of people who've never heard of you before. 
And one more point on this, Thomas, and that is frequency cells. And what we mean by frequency cells is um, most people. In Sales 101, they teach you that most people buy the product on the seventh call to action. And we often are introverts if we're authors, and we figure, I asked once, isn't that enough? I'm not sure I want to ask a second and a third time. The reality is really seven times is the, the, the magic number or the threshold where people say, yeah, I guess I, yeah, maybe I will uh, buy Jim's book and, and see if I like it or not. So the, we talked about attract of getting strangers to know who you are. Now let's talk about engage, which is getting people who know who you are to like you, to actually be interested. And this is where you go from guest posting on other people's blogs or being a guest on someone else's podcast to having your own blog or having your own podcast where you have your own audience that you're interacting with and engaging. This is where social media comes in, and this is where uh, email plays such a strong role. So no one's going to give their email address to a stranger. (laughs) They have to already know who you are, and they already have to like you a little bit to give you their email address. But this is where um, you you get that email address, and then you engage with that person through a drip email campaign or other or email newsletter and i'll say we're going to do a, an episode on drip email campaigns here in the future but in the meantime if you would like to see a drip email campaign that jim and i made go to novelmarketing.com and sign up for the novel marketing uh ins- to become a novel marketing insider uh, so right now what you get being an insider is you get the drip email uh, email sent to you and what i'd recommend is just save those emails and you can see what a drip email sequence looks like because this is us following our own best advice when it comes to drip email campaigns. It can be very powerful, and we'll do an episode in uh, soon on uh, specifically adapting that to fiction. But it'll help you a lot if you've already gone through our drip sequence on novelmarketing.com. And feel free to, to, to steal it, uh, use it, model it. I mean, you're going to change it to, to fit your your particular style and your particular product, your books, but but use that as a model to work off of. That's right. Uh, so this is where content marketing comes in, uh, this engagement. We talked with um, Joanna Penn on episode, I think it's 112, um, no, 113. So novelmarketing.com slash 113. We talked with Joanna Penn about content marketing. This is easier for uh, nonfiction than it is uh, for novelists. One of the ways that you engage as a novelist is to have somebody actually read the free book they downloaded. <laughs> so having someone download your book for free is not enough. That's them knowing who you are. But if they haven't read it, you're not engaging them with your story. And if you can't convince them to read the book they downloaded for free, you're not going to be able to convince them to buy a book. Um, so that that is almost like the second sales step. You have to convince them to get the book, and then you have to convince them to read the book. Because how many books do you have that you've never started reading? You thought you would, something else came up, and suddenly you're no longer as interested. The sales job wasn't good enough to get you to read it. Yes, indeed, that happens. <laughs> it happens to me. I'm sure it happens to you, Thomas. It does. Uh, so this is why uh, you have to engage people's interest. And this again, this is we're not going to tell you all the ways to do that in this episode. This is more to kind of give you a big picture. Uh, so we have episodes on, you know, blogging. We have episodes on podcasting. So each one of these individual techniques we talk a lot about. And you're welcome to go to novelmarketing.com and explore those episodes. But our hope is to kind of give you a big picture to see how the different pieces work together. And if you're just doing 
one step. So let's say you're doing lots of blogging and podcasting and you've got you know a great drip email campaign, but you're not doing anything to attract the attention of strangers, it's not going to do you any good because no one's going to be reading your blog, no one's going to be listening to your podcast, no one's going to be subscribing to your amazing drip email campaign. Each step is only useful if you've already done the step before it. So let's assume you've attracted the attention of strangers, you've engaged them, they now like you. Jim, what's the next step? The next step is the convert or the action step, the do you trust me enough to give me your money step. So this is the ask. This is, Thomas and I would call it sometimes a CTA, call to action. What is your call to action? And is your call to action engaging enough for people to say, yes, I'm going to hit the button. How do we make that call to action attractive? Well, we can do it through sales. We can do it through discounts. We've talked in past episodes about adding added value to the book, not just the book, but you're giving away other ancillary products along with the book. I'll give you an example that I'm working on right now for my first three novels that I got the rights back to, I think I mentioned that a few episodes ago, I got the rights back to the book. Well, I wrote a song that comes out of the character. So I have this character, Micah. He starts playing guitar again, and in the book, he writes these songs. Well, I actually have recorded one of my songs that I've written, and I'm going to use that and give that song away when you purchase the book. So that's an incentive. It's an added value, and I don't necessarily have to discount the book because that makes the product more valuable. So you need to have a call to action. You need to have value that goes along with that call to action. And then the last page of that book that they've purchased, you're going to use that to get them to take action by potentially buying another book that you've written, or, and this is really the gold, getting them to sign up for your newsletter. That's right, which allows you, so once you convert them, they go back into engagement. So it's it's like a cycle, these last two steps. Uh, And some people actually add a fourth step, which is nurture. So once somebody buys from them, you continue to nurture that relationship so that they buy from you again. Um, so there's different ways of kind of wording that, but ultimately you're wanting to build a long-term relationship. You don't want them to buy just your first book. You want them to buy all of your books. And and for novelists, one of the best ways to do this is to write your books in series. Um, it's a lot easier. This convert step is a lot easier if somebody's already read book one and they liked it for them to then read book two in the series. It's harder to get them to jump to a whole new set of characters, and it's even harder to get them to jump to a whole new genre. So authors who write multiple genres often have to build their audiences from scratch or almost from scratch. They have to go back to the top of the funnel <laughs> you know, and attract a whole new group of people and then engage those people and then convert those people into readers um, to, build that, to build out that second genre. It can be done, and there's authors who very successfully write in multiple genres and some of them write in fiction and nonfiction, um, but uh, they often are, there's not as much synergy there as you might think. And again, you can do all three of these steps with a free book. So part of the reason why so many people are doing free books on Amazon is because the free book attracts the strangers who download the book for free. If they read it and engages their interest, and if you have a last page that talks about the book number two in the series, it can convert them uh, to a buyer, and suddenly they're buying book two and so on. And this doesn't work for everyone, and it doesn't work as well as it used to, but it's all three steps with one tactic. So sometimes a tactic can uh, hit multiple steps. So for instance, 
you're engaging people with your blog and you write a blog post that goes viral, well, suddenly people who don't follow your blog regularly are coming and reading that specific post because someone shared it on Facebook or on Twitter or somewhere else. And so now that blog post is not just engaging interest, it's also attracting strangers. And let's say that this super magical blog post you wrote also has a call to action at the bottom where people can buy your book to learn more. Well, now that one blog post is attracting, engaging, and converting all in one spot. So uh, these different pieces don't have to be separated by time. Typically they are, but sometimes somebody can go from stranger to customer in one day. It's just a matter of how ready are they to buy the kind of book that you're reading. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, obviously it takes longer for someone to convert the higher the price point is. But that's not always necessarily the case uh, either. It always comes down to the three things we talked about. Attract them first of all, engage them where, wow, I, I enjoy every email I read from this person or blog post or Facebook post. And then finally, the conversion. CTA, what is your call to action? And are you asking um, again and again and again? Yeah, and with this, uh, you now know how all of the pieces of all 116 podcast episodes we've done before this fit together. <laughs> so everything is either <laughs> attracting, engaging, or converting. Uh, so real quick, I want to talk about um, becoming a best-selling author. We, you know, we talk a lot about this. And a reason why a lot of people struggle is because they fail to put together a good funnel. But another reason they s- struggle is that they don't have good product market fit. They haven't, they've skipped steps during the path of, of creating a book and creating a career. And they didn't have anyone kind of guiding them, no mentor. They had pieces of advice, but it was all very disparate and disconnected. If that is you, if you're like, I need someone to help put all the pieces together and to guide me from where I am to becoming a best-selling author, we have something for you. We created a five-year plan to becoming a best-selling author, Jim and I where we take you quarter by quarter and month by month telling you exactly what you need to be doing this month and and to build that career. Uh, So it's not get rich quick, it's not get famous quick, and it's not easy. (laughs) So um, (laughs) it's, as my grandfather would say, it's it's not hard, it's just, or it's not difficult, it's just a lot of hard work. (laughs) So uh, it's a lot of individual things that are work. You're going to have to work, but you will see results. And if you want a map that avoids the shortcuts but is guaranteed to work, and we personally guarantee it, if after five years you followed the course and it did not work for you, we will refund your money. Um, You can check out and find out more at novelmarketing.com. And one more quick thing on that. This is the perfect time because it's the start of a new year. And as Thomas just said, it goes quarter by quarter. So this is the ideal time. It it works. It can work the rest of the year as well. But it really is an ideal time to jump into your new year with a specific plan to become a best-selling author. And we have not yet raised the price, but we will. (laughs) So we're going to let all of the New Year's resolutions folks uh, get this course purchased, and then the price will be going up. So if you want to get the course before it goes up in price, go to novelmarketing.com. You'll see five-year plan right there in the nav. You've been listening to the Novel Marketing Podcast with Thomas Umstead Jr. and James L. Rubart, giving you novel marketing ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing online, offline, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.